0: Well, it is a a joy this first Sunday of 2021 to be with you this morning. Uh, Maybe you set a New Year's resolution to be in church in the new year. Check off the box. You're here on the first Sunday of 2021. So glad you're able to be with us. As we were considering what to preach on this first Sunday, uh, kind of a stand-alone message, thought it would be fitting uh, inappropriate as we enter into this new year to look at a passage of scripture that serves as a great reminder for us of who we are today as children of God. And that's why we selected Ephesians chapter 2 and we'll be looking at verses 1 through 10. And for many of you these verses may be very familiar. Uh, maybe for some of you you've heard this a passage preached on a number of times or you've Uh, done a Bible study through the book of Ephesians and you've covered Ephesians chapter 2 and yet there is such good content in Ephesians 2, 1 to 10 that I think is so valuable and important for us to understand and really to keep at the forefront of our minds as we walk through this new year as followers of Christ. And so we've already read the passage this morning and I want to jump right into it and look at really breaking down this passage, three sections, uh, into three different points or three different uh, reminders this morning about who we are about who God is and about the work that God has done and let's begin first by looking at who we were in verses one through three again we've already read it I want to read verses one through three again he says this Paul's writing and he's writing to believers and he says and you were dead Great way to start, Paul, uh, right in Ephesians chapter 2, he's writing to the believer here and he begins just opening things up right away by saying, and you were dead. Four words, that if we were to pause, take a moment, put a period and say, good morning Maranatha, head out the doors, not that encouraging. You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. Paul is giving a reminder from the very outset here in Ephesians chapter 2 to the believer in Christ, a reminder to who they once were. Every one of us in this building, every one of us that are here today, that have relationship with Jesus Christ, need to be reminded and remember about who we once were. We once were dead in the trespasses and sins. That we walked in. He says in the dead you were dead in trespasses and sins. In which you once walked. Following the course of the world. Following the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now is at work. And the sons of disobedience. Among whom we all once lived. In the passions of our flesh. Carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And we were by nature children of wrath. Just like the rest of mankind. This is who we were. You know, as we revisit this understanding and the realities that the Word of God gives to us about who we were prior to knowing Christ, who we are apart from Christ, it doesn't paint all that rosy of a picture. Uh, Maybe some of you, like my family does oftentimes over the holidays, over Christmas or other holidays, uh, you've taken out old pictures of your family and look at different pictures of when... You were younger, or years ago, when you had family gatherings or people gathering together, and it's always fun to be reminded, like, of things that of the past, right? With family, and and undoubtedly, when we're looking at pictures as kids, when we were kids, uh, we undoubtedly, my sisters and I, will ask my parents, like, "What were you thinking that you would let us dress that way?" Or, "What were you thinking that, like, you let me cut my hair that way?" Or that you that you gave us a haircut that looked like that. If you look back at like styles that people wore or the the hairstyles that people had or the things that people did oftentimes when we look back at past things we think how in the world did that ever happen or why would I ever wear that or why would I ever want to look like that oftentimes when we reminisce and we remember past things there's There's joy, there's laughter, there's encouragement, there's some puzzling things, there's questions that come up, and it's fun sometimes to do that. But as a believer in Christ, when we look back to the past of who we were apart from Christ, there's nothing good there. There's nothing desirable there. There's nothing joyful there. There's nothing encouraging there. When we look back to who we were apart from Jesus Christ, Paul lays it out so very clearly. You, I, we were dead in our sins. Not only were we dead in our sins, but he says we we walked in our sin. We walked in it. We loved our sin. We were completely depraved. Not one of us desiring the things of God or the righteousness that is found in Christ. We We're dead and we walked and loved our sin. He says we followed the course of the world. And many of you remember from our Proverbs series that we just came out of, there are so many uh, examples wisdom-wise that tells us not to follow the course of this world. And yet, when we look back to who we were apart from Christ, being dead in our sin, loving our sin, following in our sin, and living in our sin, we followed the course of the world all that was in the world, all that was contrary to God. And he even goes on further than that to say that we followed the prince of the power of the air, the devil, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, that we were dead... We loved being dead, we were following and living in our sin, and we were following and living in the world, in the course of the world, and beyond that, we were following and living in accordance with the influence of the devil, the same evil that is at work in those that are disobedient to God today and that do not know Christ. We were dead, living, loving, and desiring our sin, following the world, following the devil. And it says here that we lived in the passions of our flesh. We lived desiring to fulfill the passions of our flesh and of our minds. So everything that we did, everything that we pursued, everything that was true of us was in regards to the passions of our flesh and of our desires and of our minds. And it was in in direct contrast to the things of God. That's who we were. And as a result of that, Paul's going to remind in the end of verse 3, we were, by nature, children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Every one of us, apart from Jesus Christ, were dead in our sin. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. That's who we were. We were deserving of the wrath of God. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that is still who you are. Lost in sin, deserving of the wrath of God. Every one of us, that's who we were apart from Jesus Christ. As I mentioned earlier, that's a very discouraging message if everything just stops there, right? I mean, that's an extremely discouraging message, Uh, You know, come in New Year, right? New Year at church. Open God's Word and read it and all you hear and all that can be said is you were dead, you walked in sin, you followed the devil, you deserved to be punished and God's wrath was abiding on you. Good morning in Maranatha. That would be a discouraging message. But that's who we were. Thankfully, God doesn't stop there, right? Thankfully, that's not the end of the story. Thankfully, Paul doesn't stop there as well, because in verse 4, God, uh, inspiring Paul the Apostle, the Holy Spirit, carrying along the Apostle Paul and writing these words, says in verse 4, say with me the first two words of verse 4, they're great words, but God, let's try that again, say that with me, but God in the midst of all that we're looking at, that we were dead in our sins and that we loved our sin and participated in our sin, we were all about our own selfish desires and sin. We were all about about following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air. We were all about that. We were dead in our sin and deserving of the wrath of God. And when we're in that state, there's nothing we can do to change that. There was nothing we can do to get out of that. Hopeless and helpless as those that are dead in our sin. And then verse 4 happens. But God. Now I don't know about you, but, but there's times in your life that it could be easy. It could be easy for me to get discouraged and grow weary. There are times in our lives if we're honest and we look at our actions, our words, the motivations and intents of our hearts that we would say, Man, I failed miserably today. There are times that we would look and say, I just didn't live up to the calling that God's placed on my life. And thankfully, in every situation, we can with confidence say, but God, right? But God, I mean, that's mere worthy in the morning when you're brushing your teeth. That's, that's bulletin board worthy wherever you're going to be working. And you can see it on a daily basis on the dashboard of our cars to be reminded day in and day out, but God, our God has done something that you and I could never do. And it wasn't dependent upon us. It wasn't dependent upon our skills or our abilities or who we know or how wealthy we are, how well known we are. But God, God intervened on our behalf. We were dead in our sin, loving our sin, following our sin, living in our sin. Following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is at work, and those that are still disobedient, we were deserving of the wrath of God. We were deserving of an eternal separation from God in hell. But God, God intervenes. God steps in and changes things. Understand who we were, but understand what God has done. Look at verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy. God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Understand what God has done. But God, who is rich in mercy, God, who is rich in mercy, even when we were dead in our sins, made us alive in Christ. He gave us life through Jesus Christ. It's an incredible work. It's an incredible work because positionally before God, we ...have been changed from those that were dead and deserving of the wrath of God... ...to now those who are alive and at peace with God. But God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Verse 6. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus... So that in the ages to come, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. God has raised us up. Our citizenship, our belonging has changed. We're no longer just citizens of this world or belonging to this world. We are now citizens of heaven. We now have hope that does not fade away. Joy that does not fade away. Eternity that does not fade away or end. But God. Again, this is so incredible because Paul is laying out a lot here for you and I to gather and for you and I to understand. He, he goes to really great lengths in verses 1 through 3 to lay out what was true of us before knowing Christ. You're dead. You're loving your deadness. You're loving your sin. You're following your sin. You're following the devil. You are loving and thriving and following in sin. That's who we were. We were deserving of the wrath of God. But then God intervened. God did this work. God did something that you and I were incapable of doing. He did something that we had no ability to accomplish or ability to do. God intervened on our behalf through Christ, and he made us alive in Jesus. Today, if you know Christ, you have been made alive because of the work of God, what God has done. He's made you alive. He's given you hope. He's given you eternity and that is secure this is the work of God verse 8 says by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing it's the gift of God not of work so that no one may boast this is this should serve as such an encouragement today and a, and a reminder for us when you read verses 8 and 9 by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing praise God. It is not our own doing. Amen? We did not do this. God did this. We could not do it. God had to do it. And we praise him this morning because it is not our own doing. It's the gift of God. Not of work so that no one may boast. You know, over Christmas break, our children's ministry had a a cake decorating contest for families to participate in. And maybe some of you participated in that. Uh, But they had this cake decorating contest as far as baking a cake. And they had to decorate. And it was supposed to be done by the kids. And there were different age groups that could participate in it. And they would put together these cakes. and, And then what we had is everybody submitted their pictures. And then our staff office staff and ministry staff that were at the church um, we had a day where we came into the break room there to the conference room and had all the pictures laid out on the table just anonymously so you didn't know whose cakes were who and you had to cast your votes on the different cakes that you think should be rewarded and win uh, for their cake decorating abilities and so when we came into the room I remember most people came in they they didn't have people who had participated in it I did I had children who participated so I abstained uh, you know either had myself from it because it wouldn't be fair because all my votes would go to my kids so I recused myself from it, but we had that there, and people were coming in, and they were looking at all the pictures, and I heard, I was just kind of standing back listening, and I was laughing because there were so many guys that were coming in, ladies that were coming in to vote, and they would look at the different pictures of the kids' cakes, and they would pick out certain ones, and they would say, there's no way a kid decorated clearly mom and dad did this. I mean, we had some cakes that looked like the Roman Colosseum. I mean, it was the the detail and the ability. I mean, it was like either these kids are like cake boss kids or parents intervened a little bit here and helped because some of them were just too nice, too neat, too impeccable, that there's no way the kids did that. But then there were other ones that you're like, clearly that's something a kid did because it doesn't look like anything. And I'm not ripping on anybody's cakes, but some of them they just did not look good because you could tell that a three-year-old did it. So if you have a three-year-old expectation, you're not expecting Roman Colosseum type work. You're expecting like, there it is. I don't know what you call it, but it's there, right? When it comes to decorating and baking cakes. Here's why I share all that, because there is a tremendous difference between the work of man and the work of God. It's clearly identifiable what God has done versus what man has done. It's clearly identifiable what God is capable of doing and what we are capable of doing. What we are capable of doing is an absolute mess. But what God is capable of doing is an impeccable masterpiece. There's a huge difference between the work of man and the work of God. And as we look back to who we once were before knowing Christ, and then we're reminded and look at the work of God, what God has done, there is no mistaking whose work it is. We are incapable of doing what God has done. And so this morning, as we remember what was true of our lives before knowing Christ, and we look at what is true of what God has done in our lives through Christ, we have no reason to boast. We have no reason to take credit. We have no reason to boast or have pride in anyone or anything other than Christ. It's his work. It's not ours. This is what God has done. So understanding who we were, understanding what God has done in sending his son Christ through relationship with Jesus, that God has made us, but God has made us alive in Christ. Let's understand now who we currently are, who we are in Jesus. Who we are, Paul tells us verse 10, for we are his, God's workmanship. Listen. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what discouraging thing may be on your plate or what discouragement you may hear from people. But in the midst of any discouragement or negativity or sorrow or pain that you're going through, regardless of what it may be or the discouraging times, I want you to remember what Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says of you. You are God's workmanship. You're God's workmanship. Man, it's easy to forget that, isn't it? Isn't it easy sometimes to forget that we are God's workmanship? Because we look at our, our lives and maybe our decisions or our thoughts or our failures and think, man, I, I can't believe like that. I man, how could I, God use me for anything? How could, how could God do anything? How could, I can't believe I would fail. I can't believe I would, I can't believe, I can't believe, I can't believe. Would you pause and remember with me that we are God's workmanship? No matter what someone wants to tell you is true of you, you know what is true of you. You're God's workmanship. You are God's masterpiece. You are the work of God. And that is a reason to rejoice today. For we are God's workmanship. And Paul goes on to say we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Don't miss what he says, who we are presently. We are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Here's who we are today. We are God's workmanship that should be about God's works through the power that only God gives. You and I are God's workmanship that should be all about God's works which we have been created in Christ Jesus and empowered by him to accomplish and to do. That's who we are today. That's who we are. Sometimes it can be so discouraging to live through this world and through this life and to feel times of sorrow and loss and pain and to lose sight of why we're really here. You and I are not here just to make friends with people. We're not here just to gather stuff. We're not here to just increase... Our, our notoriety. We're not here just to build our ego. We're not here just to be well known or well liked by people. We are here as God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. The one who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it today. The one who has called us sustains us. The one who drives us empowers us. That's who we are. That's who we are in Christ. A number of years ago, we did a series that we called "Restored." <clears throat> and in that series, towards the end of the series, we passed out some cards that we still have available. They're available at our office. In the series, um, cards were said had a title on it, "Who I Am in Christ." Who I am in Christ. It served as a great reminder in the midst of a world that is lost, in the midst of a world that is in rebellion to God, and in the midst of great discouragement and chaos and uncertainties that this world offers. Uh, There's a book that Dr. Tony Evans wrote where he shares in there a list of reminders of who we are in Jesus Christ. It's a list of reminders about our identity about our identity in Jesus. And so as we've looked this morning about who we were, our past, who we were apart from Jesus, as we look at the work that God has accomplished and what he's done, it brings us to a very clear recognition then of who we are, who we are now in Jesus Christ. And so Dr. Evans laid out a number of things, and I'm going to read them to you this list that I think is so encouraging. And as we walk through this life and the discouragement that life brings This is a great list to be reminded in from God's word of what is true of our lives today as followers of Jesus. Just listen to some of these. Who I am in Christ. I'm a child of God. I'm a friend of God. I'm the salt of the earth. I'm a light to the world. I'm a new creature. I'm a saint. I'm dead to sin. I am more than a conqueror. I am chosen and appointed by Christ to bear fruit. I am complete in Christ. I'm justified. I'm a member of Christ's body. I'm free from condemnation. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am a new creation in Jesus. I am redeemed and forgiven of all of my sins. I am united with the Lord and one with him in spirit. I have direct access to the throne of grace through Jesus Christ. I am strong in the Lord. I am holy and without blame before him. I'm delivered from the power of darkness. I am an heir with Christ. I'm crucified with Christ. I'm alive with Christ. I am a branch of Jesus Christ, the true vine. I'm reconciled to God. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I'm the enemy of the devil. I'm a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession. I'm a prisoner of Christ, a citizen of heaven, one of God's living stories and am being built up in Christ as a spiritual house. I am God's... Workmanship. I'm a slave of righteousness. I'm victorious. I'm assured that God works for good in all my circumstances. I am hidden with Christ in God. I've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. I'm a minister of reconciliation. I am one who can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I may approach God with freedom and confidence. I am treasured by God. I'm close to the heart of God. I am part of the bride of Christ. Be reminded today of who you are because of the work of God. Who you are in Jesus Christ. Be reminded. Be reminded of who you are. Recognize who you belong to. And with clarity, understand what you and I are to be about today. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. Understand that God has brought us out of death and into life as those that were dead and are now alive, as those that were the enemies of God and now the friends of God, as those that spiritually were fatherless, now the children of God, sons and daughters of the King. That's who we are. Those that were deserving of the wrath of God to those that are now waiting and longing To be united with our Savior Jesus for all of eternity. Those that had no hope, no joy, no peace. To those that now have a living hope. Peace that only those who know Christ can have as Christ gives it. And a hope that does not fade away. Understand who you were, what God has done, and who you now are in Jesus Christ. There should be a huge difference between the way that the believer in Christ lives acts, talks, and works from the one that does not know Christ as Savior. There should be a huge change from what we once were to who we now are in Jesus Christ. All because of God and the work that God has accomplished. It's easy to forget. Sometimes it's easy to forget to forget not only who we were but what God has done. And when we forget who we were, and we forget what God has done, it can be very easy to be very cloudy about who we are and how we should be living today. Uh, a little bit ago, I took out my yearbook from college 20 years ago just to take a look. And I opened up to the page of my picture in The yearbook from 20 years ago, and when I opened that picture up, I looked at it and I chuckled. First thing I did is I chuckled a little bit, and the first thought that went through my head was like, "Man, I had some like nice hair." Like when I looked at that, I had like a nice head of hair. I used to be able to gel my hair and like try to make it look cool and all that other stuff. And I looked at it; I, that's the first thing I noticed was like, "Wow, I had hair," because uh, you forget. Like sometimes you just forget. You know, you look in the mirror every day, there it is, and, and you want to be reminded, right? And so I had hair. Uh, my eyebrow game was still on point then. Uh, very, very thick, very dark eyebrows was still the case when I was in college. But I also noticed how young I looked. I noticed that when I looked back 20 years ago to my picture in the yearbook and looked at it, I thought, man, I I look so much younger, which makes sense because I'm 20 years older now, so I should look younger 20 years ago. 20 years later, I look different. You can still tell it's me, right? It's me, you know it's me. But you think, man, I, I've matured, I've gotten older, I'm different now than I was then, hopefully in some good ways, uh, but sometimes it's good to be reminded. As a believer in Jesus Christ, we are not who we once were, and yet as a follower of Christ, we today should be growing closer and serving the Lord in greater ways than we were yesterday. Because we have been created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has placed for us to do. And I wonder, as we examine our walk with Christ, do we look more like who we once were? Or do we look appropriately in accordance with who we now are? Sometimes it's easy to forget. Sometimes it's easy to forget who we were and what God has done. And when we do that, we lose sight of who we are supposed to be. Let me give us three quick challenges as we close this morning. In light of who we were, in light of what God has done, in light of who we now are, let me give three challenges. Number one, let the past stay in the past. And specifically what I'm referencing when I say this is our past life of sin. Let the past stay in the past. Here's what Paul says in Ephesians 2. This is who you once were. Past tense. It's no longer who you are in Jesus Christ This is who you once were. So can I encourage you today as a child of God, let the past stay in the past. Let the past sinful desires and life stay in the past. One pastor, author that I remember reading a book he wrote when he was talking about defeating sin and temptation, he said that he says this statement out loud every time temptation uh, comes his way or temptation to sin. He says this out loud. He says, I'm dead to that. He just says it out loud. He so said if there's temptation or the sin or it's thoughts, whatever may come. He said he stops what he's doing and he says out loud, I'm dead to that. And he reminds himself, he gives himself this reminder that he's dead to sin. Sin no longer is his master. That's who he once was. That's not who he is now. I'm dead to that. Might we have the same mentality and attitude about our past sin and the deadness of sin in our lives? We are dead to that. Let the past stay in the past. You are not who you once were in Jesus Christ. You're different. You've been changed. You're a new creation in Jesus as a child of God. So let the past stay in the past. Number two, be reminded daily of what he's done. Be reminded daily of what he's done. It's one thing to constantly lay on our shoulders and on our minds all of our past sins and failures. And if you're like me, if you ever fall into temptation or sin or you struggle or you disobey God in some capacity, it is so easy to be beat up for so long about that. And we should be sorrowful over sin. We should confess and repent of sin that comes into our lives that we willfully participate in. We shouldn't make light of sin, but we also have to be careful that we do not allow sin to dominate our thinking in our minds once it's been confessed and repented of. We have to let the past stay in the past and we have to be reminded daily of what God has done. Be reminded daily of just those two words, but God. Be reminded daily that although we will fail and we do fail, but God. Be reminded daily that we're incapable, but God. But God who is rich in mercy made you and I alive in Jesus Christ. Be reminded daily of what he's done, I don't know how you need to go about accomplishing that. Maybe it's through sticky notes. Maybe it's through a verse of Scripture that you guarantee every day you're going to open your Bible and read one verse that reminds you every day of what God has done and accomplished in your life. But be reminded daily that you are not who you once were apart from Christ. Be reminded daily today, tomorrow, the next, you and I are God's workmanship created in Christ to walk in good works. For the glory of God, be reminded daily of the work that God has done. It's not your work. It's not mine. Praise God. It's His. And so be reminded daily of the work of God. And number three, live today as who we truly are. Live today with your true identity as a child of God. Live it. Don't be discouraged you're a child of God. Don't be worried about tomorrow. You're a child of God. Don't worry about what people want to say or do against you. You are a child of God. And so live today as those who we truly are. Listen, we have an incredible, incredible message to share, don't we? We have the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ to share. But can I challenge you today as a believer in Christ with something? Don't go about telling people about the forgiveness that is offered through Jesus Christ if you first will not recognize you've been forgiven. Don't talk about the great peace and joy that is available through Jesus Christ if as a believer you're going to walk through this life with the absence of peace and joy. Don't tell people about the freedom from sin that is available through Jesus Christ and that the Spirit of God gives power to resist the devil if you yourself are not resisting the devil and resisting sin. Don't go about identifying yourself as a follower of Jesus Christ if if we're not willing to walk as children of God. Don't go talking about all the incredible work that God can accomplish in someone's life when you refuse to believe it yourself. As a believer in Jesus Christ and as the church, we should be the most joyful people walking the face of this earth. As believers in Jesus Christ, we should be the people who have the greatest joy and the greatest hope of anybody walking this earth. We should be living with the greatest expectation in the reality that our God is alive. We should be those that are the happiest, most joyful, most excited people because we know that eternity awaits and that everything is under the control of our sovereign God, our Heavenly Father, who loves us, who knows us, and who is with us. Live today as who you truly are, not who you once were, Sin is no longer your master. The devil no longer has authority over you. The world no longer has a pull on you as it once did. Because you're a child of God. God has made you alive. And you have a calling on your life. Be reminded today. Be reminded today as we start the year 2021. Be reminded today. It's not about you. And it's not about me. It never has been. It's about Christ. It's about the glory of our almighty God. So this year, this year, might we faithfully, truly, make our living about Christ. Because that is what we've been created to do. Praise God for his work. So different than the work that we could do. Praise him and live as who you truly are. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the reminder that apart from you, Lord, we have nothing and can do nothing. Paul lays out so very clearly the reality of our life that we really couldn't even call it that before knowing Christ we were dead. He lays out the reality that we were dead and we were loving the the sin and the deadness that we were in. He lays out that we were held captive by the devil to do his will. We we were influenced, Lord, by the world and the devil, by foolishness, by pride and sin. Yet in the midst of all of that, when we were dead and we were the most unlovable, we were the most unworthy, you intervened. But God, who is rich in mercy, you made us alive in Christ. We thank you for your love We thank you for your undeserved favor. We thank you, Lord, that you withheld from us the wrath that was due to us by placing it on your son. I pray for every one of us this morning that we would, as your workmanship, be about your work, God, so that you are glorified because you're deserving and worthy of it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.